Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars podcast brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. We hope you're having a cracking week and that you're all well and safe. Welcome to episode 63. My name's Gary, one of your hosts, as always. And this week I'm joined, the guy is back in the Falcon, the craziest son of a bitch in the game. It's Mr. Mark. How are you doing, my good friend? Well, I'm all the better for being back here. You know, policing the hyperspace lanes, making sure the old pesky trade federation is not up to anything that they shouldn't be up to, and uh, yeah, just gonna go and get uh, get smashed with Boss Nass, I think, later, and uh, you know, sample some of the old Gungum wares. But uh, yeah, solid man. It is Saturday. It's the fourth of July as well, so we can celebrate being kicked out of America. So uh, high five to you and me for getting kicked out of America, and uh, <laughs> happy fourth of July to all of our US listeners. But sorry, I missed last week, dude. But I enjoyed listening to your show. And uh, all the gaming chat and, and, and the news. Um, yeah, it was fascinating, dude. I enjoyed that. It was, it was nice to listen to the gaming stuff that you did. I, I was I was fascinated by uh, some of the history of the EA contract and stuff that you went into. So, yeah, top stuff on that, man. Thank you very much, dude. Yeah, I think we're in for some good times, potentially, on, on the old Star Wars gaming. As long as EA pull their finger out and know exactly what they're doing, I think we're in for some, some good times. Have you pre-ordered Squadrons yet? Or is that not on your list? Nah. Well, the reason that I've not pre-ordered Squadrons is that it's double XP weekend on Modern Warfare. Mm. So I'm like, shipment 24-7, get my ranking up, hello. So we need to do that. We should do that tomorrow, actually. We'll smash some shipment out, because we st- we always say every weekend, like, for the listener that's ever present, guys, and you sign off every weekend, we're like, let's play some COD this weekend. And then because we're now grown-ups and not 15, which is really disappointing, we can never line stuff up, or we just forget, because we're like both in our 30s so it's we should definitely <laughs> just do that dude we should definitely do it but no i've not ordered it for that reason because i'm like am i actually going to get to play like it's the same question you asked about you know um um episode one racer and some of the other stuff and i'm like i, I really want it but i just i've got that much to play mm. um so i don't know and you can maybe answer this one actually this is another debate that i've been having in my head um it's like, should I get it now, like pre-order it, or should I wait for like the next gen console? Like, is it going to be different on them? Is it just going to be like upscaled, or what's the deal? Do you know? Yeah, I think it's going to be. Let me make sure I'm answering this correctly. I think it's just going to be a standard, like current gen title. But you'll just be able okay. to play it on the new ones. It's not like, um, like on I don't know about PS5, but on the Xbox, the new one, there's going to be this badge that's going to be slapped on some games that says Series X certified or uh, enhanced, something like that. So uh, that doesn't have it to my knowledge. So you'll be able to play it backwards compatibility, but yeah, it won't be like all singing and dancing, shiny new graphics and everything. Right. That makes sense, dude. I might have a look at it then, to be fair. It might be one of those that I just, I mean, I don't think it will come on for a long, long time, but it might be like a Game Pass thing. I'll just, I'll just see what the deal is. Can you remember when you used to be able to go to Blockbuster and rent the game for like oh, two days? Come on. Brilliant. That was good. That was good. Can you imagine doing Blockbuster at the minute? Oh, mate. Like mate. You can take this disc, but you can't touch it. So put these white gloves. We're going to take these white gloves every time you handle this case and the disc. Wipe everything down, yeah? And then bring it back in the same condition, and we'll heat scan you. That would be a nightmare. They'd shut down for sure, even if they yeah, weren't shut down. Time. Yeah, big time. I used to love Blockbuster, mate. Like, as a kid, there was nothing better than... Just like, you know, that Friday night feeling of like, we're going to go to Blockbuster. <laughs> we're going to go to Blockbuster. We might get a Chinese. Like, and because like that was a real treat. So it was like, I'm going to Blockbuster. And I'm going to spend 40 minutes looking at all the new releases. And then I'm going to walk down the classic 80s and get Commander. Jobs are good. <laughs> well, do you know what, dude? That's the cool thing about those old, the, the old video shop is that you were inspired just by the cover sometimes. And I'm, yeah. I know it's a similar thing that you've got, obviously on Netflix and Amazon, all that jazz, you see the covers, but it's not the same. It's not the same as like walking down and seeing, I don't know, just like this beat up old copy, like you said, of Commando or something, or like Bloodsport or something like that, an old Van Damme film, and just like, yeah, yeah, cool. Haven't seen that in about six months. 
but it feels like <laughs> I haven't seen it in like five years. So I'll get that. <laughs> Do you know what the, 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 I think the thing is the difference with that and why it was so badass is that you got that excited when you saw something that was like maybe hard to find or it's a new release. And can you remember like Blockbuster used to, um, in the later days, they used to get, um, rather than taking like one, where they had one copy of the thing and then you took it to the back desk and they were like, how many you got in? Towards the end of the tenure, what they used to do was like, say if it was a new film that came out, they had like 50 of them. And then it, for, the, for each person that took it, one of them would leave the shelf and you'd be like, there's only three left. And like combine that with the physical distance that you had to go. So you walk in, you spot the matrix down in the bottom corner. There's two people hovering, there's three copies. Like <laughs> you literally like Linford Christine through the store to get this thing. And it's, yeah, dude, it was awesome. I used to love it. And like the excitement of it and, yeah, oh, it was it was badass, man. And they used to rip you off with the sweets. So it'd be like, and do you want some Maltesers with that? Do I want to pay £7 for a bag of Maltesers? Yes. <laughs> Same thing, dude. You, you, this is like nostalgia trip. But you, the way you, you, you mentioned about legging through the shop to get something, that I've got such a vivid memory. When Halo 3 dropped, I didn't pre-order that. So I remember going into game, sold out. I think I went into Curry's or something because they sold games at the time. Like, nah, sold out. I was like, well, F this. I'm not going to be able to play Halo 3. And I thought, hold on. Let me just stop at Blockbuster on the way home. And when I, when, I, when I got in there, I saw it on the back wall. And it was like slow motion, dude. I remember just sprinting like full pelt, like the wind whistling through my hair, like leaping over people. Uh, and I managed to bag the last copy of Halo 3. So we got to the till because I didn't know at the time because they just had loads of display copies on the shelf. But when I actually got to the till, she was like, oh, I think we sold out of this. I was like, as expected. Yeah, no worries. And she's like, hold on, let's have a look. She's going for the, we've got one left. And it's just, there's like a collective like groan behind me. It's like 15 dudes behind me. All I can hear is like, oh, I was like, yeah, suckers, suckers. That is badass. Do you know what as well? Funnily enough, that's exactly where I got Halo 3 from. I remember... So I ordered Halo, pre-ordered it. It was the first game. In fact, it was the second game that I pre-ordered before the original Modern Warfare, um, which in turn was the first game that I ever got home and just couldn't get off. Um, Halo 3 was the the second one. And I I ordered it at Blockbuster. I remember going to the cinema and um, we timed the cinema. The the showing was at like 9pm so that we'd get back so that I could drive straight down from the cinema to Blockbuster and get in the queue for Halo 3. And I got this, um, the Steelbook. Remember the black Steelbook variety with Master Chief on the front? Mm -hmm. Oh, mate, it was badass. It was (laughs) so good. That that is a deep nostalgia trip right there, man. Those were the days, mate. They were. Those were the days. None of this digital-only rubbish. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually, it's a point that, isn't it? Like, I know it's not Star Wars related, but, you know, tenuously speaking, like... I don't know what you're like, but I'm one of those people that are, um, like, I'll get the stuff that I love and I'll collect it. And, you know, so Star Wars, the, you know, the the remasters and all that. And then, you you know, it's like you upgrade them, upgrade them, upgrade them. Um, Same with, like, even the DC stuff. Like, some of it's absolute crap, but I've still got Justice League, even though it's crap, because I'm a DC fan. Um, So, like, like, that whole culture's gone. Like, there was nothing better than, like, HMV when they had the three DVDs for a tenner on. Like, filling your office with, like, Godfather 1, Carlito's Way, you know what I mean? And just get a Lord of the Rings extended cut because it's, like, two quid on DVD. Like, all that's gone. And I know digital's much more convenient, but there's, certain, like, there's something gone from that. Like, with Star Wars, with everything, it's all, something's gone from that collectability, hasn't it? Yeah, it's kind of... You're absolutely right, though. I think a lot of collectors and a lot of people are like that these days where... You, you kind of have the physical stuff of the things that you love. Like they're the things that are like your shelf, like shelf bragging rights sort of thing. So when someone comes over, it's like, check, you know, check all the shit on the shelf, you know, <laughs> I'm the dude, I've got it all. But then like the stuff that you're not too fussed about, it's just, yeah, digital. You can just download that whenever you want, you know. So I think that goes back to the squadron's question. You could probably just nab that when it's on sale on whatever PlayStation or Xbox store at some point, because they're bound to do like, um, if if you leave it like even just a couple of months after launch, I'll do like a, a Boxing Day or a, like a January sale, and you'll probably get it there. Mm. If not, there'll be like a Black Friday thing later on in the year. So yeah, just bag it whenever whenever you see fit, dude. 
I don't know if I'm yeah, going to pre-order it. Yeah, I haven't pre-ordered it either. <laughs> I've questioned really? you. Yeah, I've questioned you about it. I've, I've not pre-ordered it. Uh, you make me feel like crap now. You're like, have you pre-ordered it, Star Wars <laughs> fan? Doing your Star Wars podcast. Have you pre-ordered the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'd have said yeah, you'd have been like, yeah, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah pre-ordered it yesterday. No, no, I've not. Um, yeah, I've not. I, you know what? I just can't. I'm going to have to do a bit more research on it, dude. I'm going to have to research the a bit of the the, the storyline behind it and the characters and stuff a bit more. Just because I can't get my head into it, mate. I just can't get Same. excited about it. And it's it's pissing me off, if I'm honest with you, because it's a Star Wars game. I normally, I normally pre-order those and for obvious reasons, because we're, you know, kind of fans and all that lot. But yeah, it's just annoying me. I just can't get into it, mate. don't know. I, I get that, actually. Now, I wonder why that is. Like, we, we talked about it briefly when they did the reveal. And it's um, it's actually quite fascinating to think about that for a minute or two, because I'm exactly the same. And I can't decide... On it's, it, for, it's probably one of two things, that, the reason that I can't get my head into it. One, because it's like a squadron game. And for me, Star Wars, even though, it, don't get me wrong, I love all the space stuff, not only from the visual perspective, but obviously from the storyline, but also the, just the deep, dirty dogfighting perspective. Like it, It's such a good place in Star Wars lore. But it's not why I love Star Wars. You know, I love Star Wars for the connectivity between Anakin and Luke and you know all these other things. So that's kind of one thing. Is it? Is it because it's that? It's not a character, necessarily doesn't feel like a character-driven thing. Or two, is it because there's no one really in it that I recognise? So like even with Jedi Fallen Order, the, I recognise Saw Gerrera in the trailers. And I'm like, ah, yeah, all right, that's pretty sweet. You know, Battlefront 2, it was around Endor and you recognised... The, the timing of the story. So I'd, and I can't work out. I'm the same as you do. I don't know why my head's not in it like yours is not, but I'm starting to think it's because of like maybe one or a combination of those little bits of reasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably what's going to happen is um, it will come out and we'll see loads of people streaming it on Twitch and whatnot. Not on Mixer anymore. But we'll see loads of people on Twitch streaming it and be like, ah, shit. So should I pre-order this? And then we'll go on to the store and it will take like, I don't know, nine hours to download. So that'll be like a 24-hour thing. Play it later. I can't play anything else except COD, mate, because it's now got my entire hard drive. It's like my ex-wife's got everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. Yep. Uh, dude, I played COD uh, Warzone for the first time in ages the other day. Yeah? I am crap. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> I've, I landed in. And I was like, well, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't played this for a few months. So I you know, wandered around. I found this warehouse, which is sweet. It Classic. Like a, it was like a grey colour. <laughs> Wicked. In the warehouse. In the warehouse. Sweet. Uh, Going to run into uh, Julie Anderton in there. Julie general warehouse and in the warehouse. And I found this <laughs> rifle. I was like, sweet. I'll have a bit of this. I came out the warehouse. Headshot. I'm down. Yeah. I'm like, bad. All right. All right. All right. So then I end up in this shower. Having a slap, like having a, a having a, like a one-on-one with somebody, and I lost that. And I'm out the game, and I'm thinking, all right, cool. So I, I load it up again. Almost exactly the same thing happened on game two, <laughs> and then I turned it off. Well, what 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 mode were you playing? I was playing were you Warzone or Wars, multiplayer. Warzone, yeah, yeah. What on battle royale or plunder or what or rumble? Just battle royale, Warzone. You know, when you drop into yeah. the map and you got to survive until you're like the winner. Chicken dinner. With the gas that comes in, you go to the gulag and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, the only way to win that, you either got to fight or you got to hide. Well, I, maybe if I spent a bit more time, I would have figured that out. But I was just like, game two, I was like, nah, see you later. See you later, dude. Yeah, it, it, is, it is tough. Like, if you do it with a, with a crew, like a squad, the best bet is to hide for a while, map, like mop up all your cash so you can buy people back from the gulag. Find a loadout, drop, get your own custom loadout and just bail in a chopper to the top of a building. Then right at the end, you blitz in, RPG some people up, jobs are good and Bob's your uncle, fan is your aunt, position number one, <laughs> you get groupies. Get so. groupies, yeah. So I'm used to like Apex and, uh, no, nah, not really Fortnite, but it looks like Apex and stuff, just drop in, mm-hmm. bag some weapons, leg about, have a couple of cool gunfights, you know. But this was Brutality. just like, I, I didn't have a chance, mate. It was like... Yeah. 10 seconds walking out the door. Bosh, I'm down. 
It is tough for that battle royale. Yeah, you got to bail on that one. It's um, you got the multiplayer, haven't you? You got bought the game. It's it's. Yeah. Um, I know this is totally not Star Wars, but um, you should check out. There's uh, there's a map called Shipment, and it's Shipment twenty four seven this week. So every if you click on that, every game you play is on that map, and it's this tiny little shipment container. I mean, tiny, and it is just the most fulfilling multiplayer you'll ever play because <laughs> everything is just brutality. It is just bang, bang, bang. It's awesome, dude. It is awesome. Right. On it. On it. Mm. We should get back to Star Wars, shouldn't we? Yeah, do you want to do some Star Wars today? Sorry to everyone listening. Pascal Fintoni, one of our finest supporters, will be sat there in his in his like in his house today listening to Sparker Bell. I'm like, what? What is this? What is this? Unless Luke Skywalker shows up in Modern Warfare, I'm out. Sorry, Pascal. Yeah, I feel you, Pascal. He's probably like what decisions have I made in my life that have led me to be me sat here listening to these pair of assholes? Like, yeah, listening to Mark terribly tutor Gaz on Modern Warfare when he himself is terrible at Modern Warfare. <laughs> Yo, welcome to our life, everyone. This is brilliant. But we do have a Patreon, so... Yeah, <laughs> let's get on to that stuff. Actually, before we dive into some news and we got some, some discussion, let's do the usuals. Uh, if you like what we do here at Spark of Rebellion, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a show when it lands every Saturday. You can do that on whatever podcast app you prefer or head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. There are links to go off and do all that stuff. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Come and connect over there because we chat and waffle a bit like we are doing today uh, about loads of stuff, but mainly Star Wars during the week. So we'd love to chat to you over there. And if you like what we do here and you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. There are various tiers there. You can jump on board. We'd love to have your support. We put it all back into the show to make sure we're giving you um, up-to-date content, sounding good, good production, all that stuff. So if you like what we do, uh, and back some, get some swag as well. We've got some, uh, some pieces of swag uh, that go out to you. Uh, get some stickers uh, for your laptop or your fridge. I'll leave it up to you to decide where you put the sticker, but it's up to you. Uh, and then you can go up to like executive producer credits and get involved in the show and all that jazz. So, uh, and thank you to our current patrons too. Uh, we love you guys for your continued support. We've had some long time supporters, so thank you so much for your continued support and any newbies that have jumped on. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Right, let's get on to some news. Uh, Lego, dude. Lego have taken a bit of a turn. I don't mean like they're in a bad mood, but they've taken a bit of a change of direction with their um, uh, their product offering. No longer uh, are we to get excited about the little sets and figures and, and all that jazz. Now we're going to be able to do some artwork with Lego. So later on in the year, I think it's coming in, uh, yes, yeah, September, you'll be able to buy a blank canvas and then have a bunch of... Uh, these little interconnecting Lego tiles, and you can build up this really cool um, artwork that you can stick on the shelf or the wall. So you basically, it looks like a bit like um, like the old Mega Drive SNES 8-bit um, video game art, where you basically, yeah, it's, you just have like, you you, you buy the, a specified sized canvas. You've got uh, smaller square ones, where you can buy like a big, long uh, portrait uh, size canvases, uh, all plastic, and then you just buy like hundreds of these colored tiles, and then bosh, Away you go. So the Lego have obviously jumped on the Star Wars angle because they've done some some examples. There's a, a really cool um, portrait Darth Vader that they've that showed. There's Kylo Ren. Uh, interestingly, no, uh, no light side characters on this. Uh, so I'm wondering if this is just uh, uh, like the colored tiles you can get are just like dark side colors. It looks like at the minute. Uh, this could, could be quite cool, I think. Um, yeah, so you get like a three-in-one portrait set, you get nearly 4,000 tiles, and then away you go. Your cup of tea, mate? Yeah, I mean, I'd have one of them. It's not one of those where you put 30 up, is it? Um, well, but I'd have one where it becomes like a little cool thing. Oh, don't give me that face. So for you that, you know, Gaz is like, well, I might put 30 up, but he's not even done his Lego yet. That, that has been the ongoing saga in our life. So I can, we'll get to that later. can neither confirm nor deny if the Lego has been done. <sighs> that's a shame <laughs> that's a shame um, that's, that's a shame, a shame. Uh, <laughs> I mean I would get one of these definitely for the old office <clears throat> and uh, yeah I, I can see it's been fun like the, the thing that I'm worried about is just the fact that like I re- and I know there will be I'm just being flippant when I say this but I really hope there's instructions mate because I am not a talented person when it comes to artwork so if they just go hey 
4,000 bricks. There's some reds, there's some silver, there's some blacks. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's make a tower. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I am not going to be very good at this, but they do look pretty cool, man. Yeah, I like the Vader one and the Kylo one. Um, and I think you're right probably about the um, the, 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 the light side stuff. Like the pictures of sand-coloured things when you're promoing Lego artwork just wouldn't look as cool. So I reckon that's all that is. Um, but yeah, I can see why it would be attractive. I think what would be really cool with this one is... You know, if you're building it with your kiddo or whatever, and it's actually quite a, a, a nice little thing to do together because, sure, you've got the Lego sets, but they you know, they could be perceived as toys, which, you know, nothing wrong with that, let the kiddos play with them. But this is like, we're actually making something else. It's something that when we make it, we can put it up and it looks awesome. And look, that's what we did together. So there's there's a few, like, quite cute little things in there that I quite like the idea of. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think it's really nice to see diversifying out. I wonder what else they're doing as well, like... What else they got the licenses for? You're going to see like Captain America and Iron Man and stuff. But yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. Th- you going to get one for the wall there behind you? Yeah, I think it's be quite cool because um, so I mentioned the three sets that you can get. Uh, but what you can do, which is quite cool, is that you can. We mentioned there's a, a, a larger portrait version of Vader. Uh, that's when you combine those three sets together. So you can either have them as three separate um, canvas uh, pieces of art, or you can shove them all together. And I've nice. so I'm up for the the larger Vader one, dude. It looks very cool. So, but mind you, I don't know that like Lego. They normally, I can imagine this being like a hundred fifty quid or something. Do you know what I mean? I can just yeah, see yeah, it. Like, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see on the RRP. See what's rocking with that. But it's out September. Yeah, it looks cute, man. It looks good. I can see that being a, a nifty little Christmas present. And like, it's one of those things for people that you've got no idea what to get. Like you and me, I mean, this always amazes me because it's like, you're so hard to buy from. Like how? Like, I just like Star Wars. <laughs> like buy me a, just buy me some Kleenex and put like, you know, Star Wars on it. Like I'd be happy with that or a plate or, a, you know, whatever. Just put a Star Wars sticker on something. I'm fine. So it's the exact, like this is the exact, it's coming out in September. It's the perfect Christmas gift for someone that you don't know what to get for um that like star wars so yeah so look out for that in in the old mail happy christmas guys <laughs> <laughs> talking of stuff that you could get your significant other or just the mate you like star wars mm. some really cool posters coming out oh these are good these do look good yeah so acme archives they're doing a celebration of the original trilogy with some with some uh some amazing looking posters by artist, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Devin uh, Schofler. Schofler. I'm going to say Schofler, I think. Yeah. So this dude has worked up some really cool looking uh, uh, Star Wars posters from the original trilogy. And these type of posters do, they're freaking sweet because they, they're not, they're not made by Lucasfilm. They're not like official posters they're putting out. It's just somebody or a company that's like, yeah, we should do this. But then they get the license and then they can slap the proper logo on it and stuff. They just look so badass because it's someone else's interpretation of um of the artwork and stuff. And there's three of them, obviously, for the trilogy. There's one that's called, and the names are very cool as well. There's one that's called uh, The Fourth for The New Hope. And then as you guessed it, The Fifth and The Sixth for the other ones. And they just look very, very cool. They're on these, um, uh, look like these kind of pearlescent-y kind of see-through kind of paper um, which look very cool. And uh, there's a bit of behind the scenes. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. There's like a behind the scenes couple of pics as well, where you can see uh, you can see uh, the sketches in the notebook and then he moves on to the iPad Pro where he's, you know, doing all the vector stuff. And yeah, it just looks so cool. So you'll be able to pick these up from um, the website. Again, the link in the show notes will be dark, uh, darkinkart.com. And they've got the feature on there at the minute. Uh, you just click through to that, and then you can see each of them in detail. They look freaking sweet. So A New Hope has got 3PO's head with the Falcon behind it, and then you've got the key characters there on one side. The next one's a Stormtrooper, similar thing. You've got the key characters from the film on the right-hand side, and then the third one has got Vader's helmet, which is it's really cool. So they've, they've each got like an accent colour. So the first one's got that um, sort of yellowy, sandy colour from A New Hope. The middle one's got this orangey, uh, burnt orange kind of colour which I'm assuming is like Bespin uh, sunset kind of vibe. And then the third one has got this very dark grey and purple um, thing, which looks badass. looks really, really cool. And they come in 16 inches by 24 inches. I don't know what that is in centimetres. I'll leave you to work that out. And they cost approximately... 
Uh, 45 bucks each, or you can get the set for 125 bucks. So this is a steal, dude. I picked up some Star Wars posters last year from uh, this very popular poster website, which the name escapes me now. Mondo, was it? Not Mondo, the other one. Oh, I do, yeah. yeah the also other. escaping me. Uh, the other one. And I paid 125 bucks at least for each of them. It cost me an arm and a leg. So the, this is a steal, dude. These look really, really cool. So um, if someone's birthday's coming up and they're a Star Wars fan or you just want to get them a gift, this would be bang on. This would be a banger. Yeah, dude, these are awesome. Was it Bottleneck, the other gallery? Bottleneck, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, <clears throat> it's sweet. It, it, and these are nice, man. And like you said, this is an absolute bargain. Like, the... the the work that goes into these is just insane. Like, I think for people that don't really see it, and like you and I, like big artwork peeps anyway, like the old school kind of, uh, the, the designers getting into art always fascinated me, you know, so like the Oli Mosses of the world, Matt Ferguson, and you know, people that have gone on to do great, great things. In fact, there's a Dark Knight behind me from Oli Moss. And like that kind of artwork is just fascinating stuff because like you said, it's the interpretation. Um, what I love about these is... is um, well, two things, actually. Number one, I'm fascinated because, like, StarWars.com are reporting on this. Like, that's just such a change in times. You know, that it just shows the way the brand is going. So I think that's fascinating. Um, and also, like, some of the little details on these posters. So just to kind of highlight one of them, um, on the fifth one, the uh, the Empire Strikes Back one, inside the Stormtrooper helmet, you've got the duel between Vader and Luke. And, like, you wouldn't... You, like you kind of you know it's there like you kind of see it but it's one of those things that you know when you really stare and look at this thing you start to pick out these little details um it, it's brilliant and it's they're just all really well balanced um you know they're just they look fantastic and like that is using kind of a little bit of that negative not quite negative space style but at the bottom of each one you've got there's a character or two um that is kind of almost knocked out of the main image um, it's not quite knocked out, but it just, it, they look fantastic, man. The detail's just brilliant on them. So I'm, I'm, I'm startled that they are so cheap because these are hundred bucks a pop easily you would pay for these. So no question. Brilliant. Really brilliant work. Yeah. Very tempted by these, dude. I must say it's, um, big time. Yeah. And they do look very cool. So we'll put a link to those, go and check them out. And, uh, yeah, and there's a cool little write up on, um, on the Star Wars website as well, which is very nice. Uh, last bit of news. We have some more Mandalorians. The Mandalorian seems to dominate. <laughs> uh, there's always a piece of Mandalorian news, it seems like, every week. And, um, yeah, so this is not like a, a casting rumour or any of that jazz. This is more about uh, the, the new publishing programme that's kicked off uh, all, around the, all about the, the Mandalorian from... Um, I'm going to say whatever their book publishing arm is, it's, it's not Del Rey because that's like the novels and stuff, but it's probably, I don't know, Lucasfilm Publishing or something like that. But anyway, they're kicking off a bunch of books that are related directly to The Mandalorian. The first one is, uh, as expected, The Art of the Mandalorian uh, Season 1, which has got a load of artwork by uh, the longtime art director and stuff, uh, concept artist Doug Chang over at Lucasfilm. So that look, this looks really, really cool, dude. It's um, uh, it's a kind of going hand in hand with all the comic publishing that they've got lined up and all that stuff, just to get content trickling through to support that in between the seasons and whatnot. And uh, so the the books that they've got on the plan at the minute, and we have no, uh, we haven't got any any dates for the um, for for any of these. It just says that they're coming up. They're going to be coming soon. So the first one is The Art of the Mandalorian, season one, which looks very cool. The Mandalorian, the original novel from Del Rey. So a novelization, which I'm assuming is, I don't know, season one for now, or I don't know, or season one and two. Uh, then we've got The Ultimate Visual Guide by DK. They always do these. The DK uh, publishing group always get a DK book. Um, it's, like, it's like a bit of an encyclopedia, like a visual thing. Uh, then we've got... I love these, dude. They look they're, sweet. They're just... Yeah. They are like just, they're the things that I get on a Christmas, like, you know, when you're, when you're off work over Christmas, you walk past like book warehouse and you're like, nine quid? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? They are awesome. They're wicked, they're wicked yeah. yeah. So that's coming as well. That's from Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, you probably recognize that name. Years of experience doing all that stuff in the books. Then we've got Allies and Enemies, level two. Um, and then we've got the, uh, a smaller one, which looks um, 
Uh, it says the 8 by 8 storybook title to be revealed later. And then we've got the Mandalorian Junior novelization for the younger readers, uh, which is kind of cool. So in addition to all that stuff, like I said, we've also got uh, comics, the Mandalorian comics coming from Marvel and IDW and uh, and some other bits and pieces. So some stuff to get stuck into, mate. I think a couple of these are going to be just sort of coffee table things, maybe just pick them up when they're a bit cheaper. But there's a couple of cool, uh, obviously the novelization might be quite cool. Uh, and also, um, I know it's a junior book, but sometimes the junior novelizations are quite cool for like being on the plane or something. Yeah, th- those two are, are interesting. Like you said, the novelization and even the junior one, like if you look at some of the best Star Wars books, um, they are junior novels, like some of the Princess Leia books, even like the Queen Shadow stuff. It's not like they're advanced reading. Um, you know, they're not like the Dark Tower. Do you know what I mean? It's the, the real kind of um, easy to read books. And for that reason, I think that's why they they work so well. Because Star Wars, that is Star Wars, isn't it? You know, if you, <laughs> Star Wars is not trying to be the Godfather part two. It's not trying to be Parasite. It's Star Wars, you know. So I, I like the way they pitch the books. Um, I, th- I think there's there's a lot of scope with this as well. Like I'm fascinated because you you find you often find details. You know what it's like. We like we dissected the Rise of Skywalker for four months based on a novelization that neither of us have read, and just because that much information comes from a throwaway line or five that you find in a book. So I, I think this will become quite interesting. You know, maybe you'll get a little bit more on on Mando's background. You know, maybe you start to see like. Oh, wait a minute, they did throw the word Death Watch in there, and that was Death Watch that did that. So, like, these little details are always fascinating, uh, and obviously that's just conjecture, but the point is that the books are always, like you said, worth picking up and having a look through, despite them being junior or what, you know, I don't think that matters with Star Wars. Um, yeah, like the DK books, I've got about 30 of them in the loft, because literally every Christmas I'm like, What? DC Comics Encyclopedia revised for 2020. Yes, please. I'll have that. And then I go home and take the revised for 2019 one off the coffee table, stick that in the loft, put the 2021 down. And um, the same with Star Wars. Like, you've always got one of these books knocking around. Um, so that'll be just another one of those. Um, I think what'll be interesting, because there's a lot of this going on, is the art of the Mandalorian. Because um, that art has really led the way for Disney Plus and led the way for the Mando. We talked about it before. You know, some of the concept art is is as good as some of the produced, finally produced, released art that you see um, for for any other any other kind of IP. So I think this is going to be interesting, and it, it just be um, it'll just be nice to have that. Like that's one of those that you sit down with the brew and you just throw through and just admire some of the artwork and go deep into how it's done. So for guys like you and me, that'd be fascinating. The one that I'm more most interested about is, and this is for two reasons, is the ultimate visual guide. Because this is where you always get little nuggets of history. Like, you always get like, wait a second, that blaster was the one that was shot out of Luke's hand on Return of the Do you know what I mean? You get that sort of detail in this. Um, and it's Pablo Hidalgo, who is just obviously a badass and just got so much pedigree when it comes to Star Wars and, and, and creating that mythology. So, yeah, it's a decent slate. Um, I'm interested about those comics as well. Like, what are they going to do with the comics? You know, are they going to... Are they going to give, give us more peripheral tales? So, you know, you'll get, you know, um, Grief, Grief, what's his name? I forget his name. You know, Carl Weathers, um, Apollo Creed, I forget his name. But, you know, the character, do we get more of his backstory? Is there more of um, the Merc, you know, the, the, the was it Car or something? can't remember her name. I'm terrible with names today. Um, but do we get more of the peripherals around the characters, which I think could be interesting? Moff Gideon, do we see more? So there's always, like, the comics I always find fascinating because you've got, like, very often it's optional to read it, but if you did read it, you would enjoy the main piece and main body of work much more because they add so much to it. Um, so like the comics and the books always interest me from that side because you're like, oh, well, damn, now I've got to read this, then go back and watch the next thing again. Like the, the Ahsoka book is a prime example of this. I've read the Ahsoka book years ago and now I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to go read that again. <laughs> so... It, it, it always interests me how they're building and building and building and building. So I think it's nice to see this, dude. I think that they're capitalizing on it. And the, the the other offshoot thought that this gives me is that, you know, let's think further ahead and let's think, well, what else is coming down the wire when it comes to Disney Plus? How are we going to start to get more of this stuff when it comes to Obi-Wan? And other, because if they do this for Obi-Wan, like geekdom is going to lose their freaking crap. Like, they are going to go 
crazy for this. You know, if you get novelizations featuring Obi-Wan. And I, I have to think that given it's Disney and they want to really milk the IP, and this is their approach to taking with everything else, like it's a fairly solid bet that every property that comes through the doors on Disney Plus will get this treatment, which excites me more than the current announcement because it's just like, okay, this could be a good 10 years for peripheral content. So, yeah, imagine if they did this with all the Obi-Wan stuff, dude. That would be a gold mine. It'd be a, yeah, yeah. Because every for a start, everyone's always hungry for for content on the key players. Like if it's an Obi-Wan thing, everyone will go nuts for that, like you said. And it's also a great opportunity for them to really map out what they want to do for that character because you can only do so much in a six or eight or even ten part series on Disney Plus because you can't just make it about Obi-Wan sat cross-legged meditating. You can't, you know. So you're going to have to throw in some additional stuff anyway to make it interesting for people to keep coming back and watching it. But then if you if you, um, uh, if you you support that with a really cool run of comics, that, that just opens up the door for everything. And it's like, right, we've, we've seen Obi-Wan in the films, all great. We've had a little bit of stuff um, targeted towards him in the video games. That's all good. But we've not had a real deep run of all the stuff that you haven't seen in between the films and outside the films and stuff. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome, dude. And I'm wondering what they're going to do for... Uh, for the Mandalorian, if they're going to do this whole thing that they did for um, some of the other Star Wars comics where you've got like the main, you have like the main run, like the main storyline, but then you have like a, a, a subset of comics that are just for that one character. So they might do like a six issue or a three issue run just for um, uh, like some of the other characters in the, in the show. So you've, you've got like the comic run, which is the Mandalorian, which might run for like three months or six months. Um, but then you've got like these little th- you remember they did that for Kylo Ren they did mm-hmm. it for they've they've also um, remember the Dr. Aphra stuff that was like an offshoot mm-hmm. and that sort of gained some traction and stuff like that so th- there might be avenues to sort of um, explore some of these other characters that might not have had a lot of screen time but you've got like a decent amount of like the little dude that um, the Mandalorian goes to you, I have spoken you know who's that dude what's his name god we're terrible well, we names today. Nick yeah. Nick Nolte is what I'm going to call him because he was. It's Nick Nolte, isn't it? Legend. <laughs> it's the Nolte, yeah. Uh, so that Nolte ca- General. <laughs> that character's been there forever mm-hmm. in behind the scenes. So is there like is there a, a whole you know cave of of stories and everything? Because um, when he was talking to the Mandalorian, I think it was in episode two or three or something. You know, he goes on like you know people have been here before. You know, I've seen shit go down on this planet before. I've seen you know. So he's got like a whole a whole gold mine of stuff there. So like you, dude, I'm intrigued by uh, what they're going to do with the comics. Um, but we've just got no timing or anything, or we've we got no no, uh, no um, time frame for any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. They've just said it's all coming at some point. So I imagine it will be like the usual, like September, October time. These things will start to drop. Yeah, I think so, man. And it, it's... Um what always interests me with this as well is that, you know, this is not an uncommon approach from, from publishing people that have got IP that they can use across various media. And, you know, you see, we see everything from Transformers to the DC stuff, the Marvel stuff, you, you get that, like you said, three, four, five, six comic book run that just expands one particular character. But what I think is a real big opportunity with this is... um. You, you can, can you remember when Last Jedi came out and they were like, we don't want to do focus groups because we don't want to leak it. And it was just like, we're not going to do the normal process. And what you find is that often the comic books, from a canon perspective and a mythology perspective, often, I mean, not everyone's a hit, but the vast majority of them, 60-70% of the issues in any given run, are actually pretty decent because they've used the main IP as the focus group. And they're like, well, wait a second. Everyone responded to this character really, really well. So let's do a comic book on that character. Or everyone, the Twitterverse is going crazy about like, what's the history of this? Like, what did happen here in this one little throwaway sentence. And they do a comic book run about the things that people respond to. Um, so I think you tend to find that these these things, even though you wouldn't necessarily see it, they end up contributing to the bigger story and making people feel better 
about the wider picture. So, it, you know, it, it, things... It's not like back in 77 when Star Wars came out where everything's in isolation, it's just a movie and there's merchandise, but actually merch has just got logos and people on it. it, it the merch is, is very storified. Um, and I think it just adds to that overall experience. So I, I'm always, I'm just intrigued by how they always do this. You know, I'd, I'd love to see behind the scenes of the decision-making with this, like, you know, someone like a Dave Filoni and a Favreau going through and saying, well, look, we ain't going to cover that in season two and season three, but look, like most of the tweets that we get from this type of person want to know more about the guy that teaches Mando how to ride that beast. So let's do a, and, and it, it, it just, it's not just for the sales. It just enhances the story. So that, that business side of it fascinates me. How they use the main product as the focus group. And then they really use these mediums to dig deep into the things that people ask for. Um, it's, it's a much lower cost and a much lower risk. Um, mm -hmm. And, just to kind of finish up on that one, you know, look at Dr. Aphra. She starred in the Vader comic, you know, Kieran Gillen Vader comic run. And she was sort of an antithesis of Han Solo. You know, she was the bounty hunter. No, not bounty hunter, but she was sort of the, the scoundrel, the archaeologist, the kind of a bit of a bounty hunter, but not quite. Um, whose morals just happened to land on the other side of the line. And she had this really fascinating relationship with Vader. And then suddenly there's rumours of it becoming a live action TV show or a movie or and so so you, you you know you get this 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 character plucked from obscurity that eventually gets their own run then they get their own tv show so it's fascinating how these things develop you know from a pure a pure um how do they run this as a business perspective that's also a really fascinating side of it um mm -hmm. so i'm excited about that dude like i think it could be pretty cool to be honest yeah it would be it would be cool to be a fly on the wall mm. over at lucasfilm like all those guys around the table just discussing this stuff Surprised oh, we're not in so on good, that. Man. Surprised we're not in on that. But <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, I changed my number, didn't I? So I understand. I think uh, Favreau keeps trying to call. I'm like Favreau. Oh, I'm busy. <laughs> Got the quiz at seven. Drinks at six, and he's all like, <laughs> "So I prefer a flan." But I mean, he'll get a hold of me if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> I got a quiz at seven. Drinks at it's six. an important quiz as well. You know, it is. yeah. We can't let them win. Not again. Not again. Right. Last year, <laughs> I don't know if you know about this. Last year, I had to go home. Uh, Doctor Spock, Mister Spock. Um, he's actually half Vulcan, half human. So I had to go home and get the book. Oh, not that Ruby. again. So. Don't wake up old graves. <laughs> That's going to do for news. That's it. Now we're going to get onto some news and discussion. It's been great getting back onto these, dude. Now that we've mm. capped the news off a little bit. It's been a little quieter with news, which has been kind of nice because we could actually think about discussing things rather than just, you know, like a, not a superficial dive, but, you know, only having like five, ten minutes on one thing. You can actually, you know, you, you, you can expand the mind a little bit. Indeedy. Because we're here for educational purposes as well, you know. Probably an entertainer third. Sessions. Yeah. Anyways, something we want to talk about today is based on this this rumour that started off as, I, I don't know where it started off. Where did this start off? Let me have a look. Uh, Doomcock Overlord. The Doomcock Overlord DVD YouTube channel, apparently. Classic. Classy name. And uh, this is just spiralled now. Everyone's talking about it. And the, the, the in a nutshell... Star Wars are going to bin off the Disney sequel trilogy. They're going to say this, nothing ever happened. We're going to decanonize it. It's going to be slap the legends badge on it. There you go. You can go home now. And that's it. End of episode 63. That's what they're doing. In all seriousness, this apparently this person has got uh, two sources within Lucasfilm or Disney that this has been confirmed. And basically all it is, is they're going to say that the Emperor had this additional room in the Death Star, like this little secret cubby. And um, uh, basically within that secret cubby, he had the war, he, he had this, um, <laughs> it's just ridiculous even talking about it. Uh, he had this thing, you know, this whole world between worlds thing that we saw in Star Wars Rebels. 
where we had the this concept that the veil of the force and this mystical dimension and all that stuff and it connects all of time and space we've spoken about it in depth haven't we about this thing before and apparently the uh the emperor got wind of this and started to look into it and research it and stuff and thought hold on this might be a really cool a really cool thing that i could use to my advantage later on down the line and um because of that apparently lucasfilm are going to use that as a mechanism to kind of isolate the disney trilogy so they're going to say that the um uh yeah like i said the emperor on the second death star had a thing called the room of mirrors and this was created so that sidious could move between worlds like we saw him try to do that a little bit in rebels and uh he's able to um you know access all these other places and so on uh and they're saying that that explains how he survived the death star so as he fell after vader threw him down um he opened up a portal went through it and that how that's how they explain that bit of how he actually survived falling down all that stuff and uh and so what's uh, apparently the rumor is that disney are going to use this as a mechanism to like isolate all of the disney trilogy to say like right the timeline that you currently know which finished with return of the jedi that is still the current main canon timeline all this stuff that you've watched for the past 10 years or whatever all the disney stuff that's not canon that's not in the original timeline that actually happened over here in this little pocket realm um and so because of that it can we can say like it's no longer canon we're just going to enjoy it as a legends thing like we did with all the other expanded universe stuff that we did years ago now we can move on to like the proper star wars stuff that we want to make it's ridiculous even even just reading the story through dude but i assume like me you think this is bs right yeah, completely. Um, I, for so many reasons. I mean, I, I know why people want this to be true, and I'm like almost in that camp that wants them to just go, do you know what, let's have another swing at this because actually we can probably do better. And I understand why people are thinking, well, you know, we, we've said it before, there are more stories that can be told through the eyes of Luke Skywalker or about Luke Skywalker and about Leia and about the... Um, the resistance and the new republic, like all these things, like none of it, none of it is bunkum. Like we know there are stories that can be told, but you just imagine Disney doing that. Just imagine Disney doing that from uh, from a number of perspectives. Number one, the complexity. Oh, you guys did it again. All this stuff that we've bought is now rubbish. So now we've got two legends, right? Then what? Do we, then what do we do with the, all the current stuff, like the badassery of the Clone Wars? Is that canon still? Is it not canon? Like, so all those questions that they had to ask themselves back in 2013. Okay, so that's that out the window. But the biggest one, the biggest one, the biggest one, the biggest one. Are you telling me that twofold, threefold, let's go threefold with it. Mark Hamill, all of his reprisal of Luke Skywalker is going to be kicked out. Fans would go skits. <laughs> Harrison Ford, they would go skits. More than anything... Carrie Fisher, if you pull her from canon, you lose all the Star Wars fans instantly. Instantly. That's it. Yeah. In a, right. So, just to give a bit more background, uh, dude. All is. Right? <laughs> Apparently, <clears throat> there's a big divide over at Lucasfilm at the moment. And now that I believe, I should just say that. Now that I do believe. So, they, they're banging this drum again that, there's there's a, a huge difference of opinion between Kathleen Kennedy and John Favreau. They're banging this drum again, right? The old Fav, yeah. Basically, Catherine, Kathleen Kennedy is against this idea. She doesn't want to do this. She doesn't want to do this whole because what they're going to do is they're going to, like I said, they're going to isolate this, remove it from canon, and isolate it in an alternate timeline, and it's going to be it's going to be called something like an Elseworlds, an Elseworld like installment like they did with Star Wars Legends. Always oh, going to fall under the Legends banner. So apparently Kathleen Kennedy's like, this is ridiculous. We we can't do this. Everyone else at Lucasfilm is like, look, we've just not, we've just disappointed so many fans. It seems like we have to sort of clear the mess up and do a bit of a, 
you know, there's a massive red button that's flashing on the wall that's got reset on it, and they're just dying to push it apparently. But so that that's like the the fuel for the fire, if you like. There's this massive uh, divide and arguments going on between Kathleen Kennedy and the name that they're putting to the group of people that don't like it is, you know, the fav. He's like the face of it, apparently. Now, I, I just can't buy into this, dude. I just cannot buy into the fact that, for a start, whenever you see, I don't know what it's like, nobody like no, nobody knows what it's like behind the scenes, but whenever you see, like, roundtable chats or interviews or anything like that, um, you know, like what they did with the, the Mandalorian stuff, mm-hmm. the behind-the-scenes programs, um, the gallery, you can just tell, right, that, Yes, probably when they were in production, there was like the odd argument, the odd spat, disagreements. Of course, it's a creative environment. But you can just tell that they've all got a lot of respect for each other. They've all got a lot of, yeah, I just can't see like all this arguing and fighting and backbiting and stuff between these key people. They might have a a difference of opinion, of course, but there's no way that you've got in a meeting room, you've got Favreau and, and Kathleen Kennedy. And they're going at it like, I want to decanonize Star Wars. Well, you can't do that because I'm chairman or whatever. Yeah, but we should do that. That's Come on, man. And for the other reason I think it's ridiculous is that no way, absolutely no way would Disney just out the blue pull the rug from under everyone's feet. There's just no... Because, which is why I'm really surprised, you know, that the, the Justice League Snyder Cut is going ahead. I'm really that for that very reason. I'm really surprised at that because Warner Brothers and DC they must be like, well, by doing this, it's an admission that we effed up, and they've you know studios rarely do that. Um, so for the same reason, I just can't see Disney being like, yeah, we realised that we absolutely screwed this since the Force Awakens, so now we're just going to tuck it under the carpet. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I, I do think there is some kind of divide, personally. And the only reason I say that is because Kathleen Kennedy is the only overhang, apart from Filoni, from the Lucas days. You know, she was appointed, realistically, by Lucas. Um, which fascinates me, because some of the decisions she's made has certainly don't feel very Lucas. Um, but she's got a great pedigree. You know, she's worked on Indiana Jones. She do Romance in the Stone and a few other, like, you know, kind of classic 90s, 80s kind of heyday movies. Um, I, I can buy into the fact that there's a divide, but it's 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 almost like football where it's like oh, there's a divide at boardroom level, and it's really just the manager that's like I'm going to play this guy and I really want to just I'm going to bring the kids through, whereas the chairman wants to buy in. Like it's not a divide in the sense of a great chasm; it's just a difference of opinion, which, as you rightly pointed out, happens in the creative process all of the time. Um, so I, I I do buy into the fact that there's something there just because it's so persistent. Um, but I think a lot of this is like fan um, ideology where they're like, oh, we get Kennedy gone, she's crap. Like, we didn't like Rise of Skywalker or we didn't like Last Jedi, whichever camp you're in. Let's get rid of the one person we can hang a hat on. Oh, and look, John Favreau's got some st- stuff to do with Marvel. So, yay, Marvel did well. So he's the legend. And don't get me wrong, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Filoni, I love Fav, I love all the people on there. But, you know, you pick someone that's got a good run. You know, what are you going to get Francis Ford Coppola and say, well, yeah, no, there's a big divide. Like Coppola wants to run this. And just because he's got a pedigree in making good films doesn't mean he's like, he's picking a fight with someone. So like, there's a few different ways to look at this. I do buy into the fact that there's some kind of divide, but I don't see how they could possibly do this. To me, it smells more like they're wondering what the heck to do next with... Star Wars on the big screen because it my gut feeling is dude that if they go old with this if they go old school with movies if they go back my gut tells me it will probably flop more than and when I say flop I don't mean flop as in you know this is not going to be like jiggly it's going to be more it's going to be more like Man of Steel you know where it hits 600 million and they're like oh only 600 million and or like an Iron Man 1 at what, four, five, six, seven hundred million, which is not a flop, but in Star Wars eyes, it's a solo. Um, so I reckon that's probably more to the to the point where it's just, there's a little bit of worry about what to do next on the big screen because if I was Filoni and if I was Fav and if I was, you know, I am a fan just like you are like everyone else is, 
I don't feel like we've had enough from the characters that we know and love to call it a day with them. And I think that is maybe just where the seed of this is coming from. But, we'll, you know, we'll never know. It's just speculation. We'll, we'll never know what the deal is. Um, like I said, the only thing that I would say is that I would imagine that if I'm Disney and if I'm running Disney and I own the rights to Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, the Emperor and Darth freaking Vader, I would want to do more with them. And the fact that the sequel trilogy had to jump so far in time because of the actors' ages made a rod for their own back. So I reckon that's like the nuts of the problem. Um, As to the divide, I think there's something in it, but I don't think it's the chasm that it's been made out to be. I think it's like, well, we think we should go this way and we've got like our creative team on Mando. We've been chatting over a brew and we reckon, like, here's a here's a treatment and an idea for three potential films because Falone is always around, and we've been chatting through it. Like, here's what he'd do, and then Kathleen Kennedy's like, yeah, but the board want to do this. I reckon that's it. You know, that's as far as it goes. Um, what's interesting is that Star Wars the brand and Star Wars the team. I reckon we'll have to make some decisions over the next few years around who remains on the team, and you know what that's like. You know, senior UX designer comes back into. Uh, into your place, and you're like, wait a minute, I'm a senior UX designer. Give it a couple of years, one of you's out. You know what I mean? And you better believe it's going to be that other guy. You're good. He's not. And this is what it's like. It's Fav and Kathleen Kennedy. I would imagine that it's. it might not be Fav, but I would imagine Kathleen Kennedy is thinking, my time is a bit limited here. Might not be Fav that takes over, but someone, I think, is probably over the next 18 months about to take the reins of Star Wars. Um, and it's, you know, we've both worked in agencies in the past, design and digital and brand agencies in the past and clients very often for no reason after three, four, five years want to change their agency just because it adds some new blood. That's it. And it could be a similar scenario. So I don't know, man. I don't know if we'll ever know the full story. Um, you know, if, if you do get binned and you're Kathleen Kennedy, the first thing you do is write a book about it. So maybe we will find out, but I don't know. I don't think it's as big as that. I, if they were to sack off the whole Star Wars sequel trilogy and destroy the legacies of Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, not the characters, but the actors, there would be a mutiny. You'd have a mutiny on your hands. <laughs> Who else think they're doing this, Dawn? <laughs> there would be. There would, it would be, literally, with, as soon as that announcement went out, say goodbye. Just say goodbye to like the bulk of, of fans and stuff. It'd be different for like the... The, the Padawans coming up through the ranks. Like if you've got young kids who are just loving like the Clone Wars and Star Wars Resistance, those cartoons, they don't give a, they don't give a flying frick about Kathleen Kennedy arguing with somebody at Lucasfilm over this stuff. Those sorts of, you know, the younger fans are going to love it and then, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, fans who have liked Star Wars for a, a decent length of time, they'll be off. They'll be like, nah, screw this. For that very reason that you've just said, you cannot destroy the legacy of those those actors just because you feel like you haven't done a decent enough job it's like you that that's why i can't see that there's any weight behind it because disney have got to be like we have to stand by this through thick or thin because we we went through all this with the prequels everybody gunned the prequels when mm. they came out remember when phantom menace dropped and everyone was like you know probably george lucas as well was like yeah this is hold tight boys this is going to be a uh, you know Bonus is coming out of our arse like within the next month when you see the figures come through and it's like, oh, what's going on? This is, this is a Star Wars film. What's going on? Why aren't people enjoying it? Why are people slating it and, and going after it? So they went through all this before. You've just got to hang tight. You've just got to sort of dig deep and like, you know, don't worry about it. In like 10, 10 20 years time, people are going to love the sequel trilogy. It's going to be like, yeah. remember when we gunned it at the beginning? Well, now. So... Yeah, and I, I don't think there's this massive, um, this huge chasm, if you put it, between some of these people. It's not like Kathleen Kennedy opens up her desk drawer and she's like, what is that? <laughs> He's put my stapler again. in jelly again. Like Favre's just cracking up. Like, it's not, it's like you said, it's just like a board meeting. Like, we think we should do that. Yeah, but the board are saying this and some other people are saying this. It's just a management thing. They just need to manage the manage the storm a little bit. But I also think you're right in that they have no clue in what they want to do at the minute with the films, no. with the movies. Because if they did, 
we would have the Ryan Johnson thing confirmed and it's being worked on and this is what it's going to be. We'd have this other Star Wars film that, uh, what's the director from The Mandalorian? Um, mm, uh, what's his name? Ta- I know what you mean. Taiko, uh, Taiko Watiti. yeah. We would know exactly what his film is. And all. if they knew what they were doing, we'd have this roadmap. Remember back in the day when I think it was Bob Iger at, yeah. at something had this massive roadmap on this huge screen and had all the logos of all the films for the next however many years. And like, we're going to do this one and that's going to be a spin off. We're going to do that because they had a plan at the time. Whereas I don't think they have that now. I, I, it feels like they're still putting out fires for the sequel trilogy a little bit. They're trying to introduce some other stuff with this new, um, you know, the High Republic storyline and all that jazz and now the TV series, Obi-Wan. I just feel like they're trying to navigate through this a little bit. And uh, yeah, which is why these rumours pop up, isn't it? Because they, yeah. don't, they don't say anything. Disney and Lucasfilm don't come out and say, yeah, we're doing this or we're not doing that. So everyone then makes up their own story about what they're doing and not doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get uh, people like Dooncock Overlord. I think it's a fascinating thing where you... Like, there's a couple of things to think about. So, like, take Terminator. Terminator 2 has had, like, 10 sequels. <laughs> you know, Terminator 3 didn't really have many sequels. Neither did Salvation. Neither did Genesis. T2 did, because that was the last good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've kind of got this scenario where, if they're going to do this, where do they start with it? Do they roll back to the end of Force Awakens? Because, let's be honest, the Force Awakens did a good job of, you know, it had a very fine line to balance, where it was, I know there's the argument around it being Starkiller base, and that's just another Death Star, and wait a sec, it's just the Empire again. But that was the point. Like, these guys are are neo- Nazi fascists that have been inspired by what came before. Like, that was the whole subtext of this thing. Um, and it was the, the reason was that, okay, they, the Empire didn't succeed. We're going to do the exact same thing they did, but bigger, so that we do succeed. Like, yeah, you can, you can say what you want about the fact that it was just a repeat of A New Hope, but it had to be to a degree. From there, the springboard arguably was missed. So it's where do they roll back to? Do they go back to Return of the Jedi? Do they go back to the end of Force Awakens? So that there's all these considerations. But also, there is that 30-year bloody gap where if we want more Luke Skywalker, stick a bloody wig on Sebastian Stan because he looks just like him. <laughs> and he's got the chops to do it. He's a good actor. Let him crack on. And there's there are films and things that we could use to fill that gap, to flesh these out. Um... And then also, the last point that I'll make is like, back to that High Republic, my gut genuinely tells me that this will be pulled after a few false starts. I think you're going to find a couple of wet squibs. The reason for it is that no one knew you were going to care about Luke Skywalker or Princess Leia or Han Solo or Darth Vader. No one knew that. But then people did. And that's what they care about. So Ahsoka didn't get invented because someone wanted to invent Ahsoka. Ahsoka was invented because, well, Ahsoka was invented because they needed a foil for Anakin Skywalker. So everything stems from these characters that we know and love. And I think when you look at the High Republic, the the, the problem that they've got, you know, this big publishing idea and this big notion of, of new characters that may or may not make it to the big screen... You've got to make us care about them. That is not a short process. That is a long process that does not result in big money quickly. So you like you've got all these challenges, and just you know the, the very final point I'll make is look back to the prequels. You're completely right. What did they hinge on in the prequels? The marketing was episode one was Vader. It was Anakin and the Shadow of Vader because we had to see that thing that we recognised. Attack of the Clones. It was Yoda with the green lightsaber. You know we saw that. And then episode three, again, Vader. And they're all things that we'd seen. They're, you know, back, back to what we said earlier on, they were all things that we come to accidentally love. And that's what I think the, the High Republic's got a challenge and then stem that right for, you know, fast forward to where we are now. I think that's maybe why Disney are floundering a little bit and they've got no idea what to do. And Kennedy and these, you know, all these rumours are swirling around because 
if I work in Disney, I'm having that conversation and saying, actually, we can do really badass artwork. We can promise really good battles. We can promise Jedi lore. But who is this character that looks a bit like King Arthur that's a Jedi? Like, I don't really. I don't know. You've got to make me care about this person. And people care about Thrawn because they had Thrawn for a long, long time. And only now is he looking at getting live action treatment. You know? So it's a big risk. Star Wars came out of the blue. It was a accident. It was, you know, it was, it was, people fell in love with it completely serendipitously. And now they're trying to engineer that. And that's where the problem is, I think. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Yeah, it's one of those, um, yeah, sort of bottled lightning, I suppose. <clears throat> and then you've got yeah. to, you, you, it's very hard to repeat that. We can talk about this for hours, dude, but it's very hard to repeat that process when you haven't established that emotional connection yet to any characters. So what you're saying about this High Republic thing, it's like you can't just drop these people in and immediately expect people to be like, oh, this is amazing, this is great, because they haven't had that, mm-hmm. you know, that time to permeate and, and all that stuff. But So, yeah, that's the thing with, um, that's the, the most recent thing that's doing the rounds, dude, about the sequel trilogy. I imagine there'll be a few more of these. In the next couple of months, we'll report on maybe at least two or three more of these things. But... There we go. Uh, we'd love to hear your views, actually, our listeners, on what you think to this stuff. So, um, yeah, just tweet us um, or, you know, put something on, on Instagram, whatever. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, on this stuff. I think we'll wrap there, dude, for 63. It's been uh, it's been great to uh, not have so much new to talk through and uh, get back into some some deep dives on the old uh, on the old Star Wars, the old Star Wars stuff. Yes, uh, we will be back next week for episode sixty four. So in the meantime, uh, remember to subscribe to the show. Head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. You can link off there to whatever podcast app you prefer. That way you won't miss a show and it lands every Saturday. Uh, we're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Hit us up over there. We'd love to chat Star Wars with you during the week. And if you like what we do here on SOR, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. You can jump onto various tiers there. We'd love to have you uh, supporting the show. You can join our other patrons. Uh, and a massive thank you to you guys who continue to support the show. We love you. Love you, love you, love you. Um, and yeah it's been great as always dude always a pleasure dude thanks for holding the fort down last week really enjoyed that episode Um, so thanks for doing that my man and uh, yeah thanks to everyone that tunes in thanks to you the ever present listener for uh, letting us ramble on like the first 20 minutes of this episode were entirely non-Star Wars related so thanks for letting us do that Uh, in an alternate universe we may or may not edit an episode in the future highly doubtful given how much quality comes out of that first 20 minutes <laughs> so thanks to you for listening dude and uh, yeah thanks to you guys always a pleasure man indeedy we'll catch you guys next week until then stay safe and may the force be with you always